This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there, and welcome to episode number two hundred and thirty-three of Youpreneur FM. I am your host, Chris Ducker, as always, and it's a sheer honor and a pleasure to have you with me. Got a great show lined up for you this week. My good friend Antonio Santino is back on the show after quite an absence. You'll see what I'm talking about when I say that, when me and Antonio get chatting in a minute. Before I do that, however, I just want to bring your attention to something. If you haven't already got access to my free e-course entitled the Youpreneur Launchpad, I'd love for you to go and check it out. You can get it over at youpreneur.com forward slash launchpad. Uh, Three videos, some downloadables and all that sort of fun stuff, really immersing yourself in to what it truly means to build a business based around you and the people that you want to serve and really becoming competitor-proof. It's about really, honestly, future-proofing your business. So becoming the expert, lots of monetization ideas, how to build trust and influence, defining your audience, and a lot more. So I'd love for you to check it out. If you haven't already done so, you can get it one more time over at youpreneur.com forward slash Launchpad, and then send me a little tweet. Let me know what you think at Chris Ducker. Okay, so on to my chat with Antonio. Wow, this guy has just blown up over the last few years, particularly on YouTube. One point four plus million subscribers over on the very popular video channel, and uh, really just his businesses. I mean, I would have thought probably. 5x maybe 10x even since the last time he was on the show um he's a very very smart guy really nice guy classy guy knows what his people want and knows more importantly how to serve it up to them in a way that not only can they relate with but they just love it they eat it all up so i know you're going to enjoy this little catch up with antonio from real men real style here it is enjoy enjoy antonio welcome back to the show hey chris great to be here well, it's too look, it took you long enough to get back. <laughs> I, I've been waiting for the invite. You know, I know. I've been looking, I, I go and I join your programs. I send you nice messages on Facebook, but finally you invite me back. I know, I know. I've been remiss in my duties, everybody tuning in, to getting this gentleman back on the show. The last time we heard from Antonio was in episode 43. And here we are in episode 233. So um it's been a while. It's been a while. But you've been busy, young man. You've been very, very I, busy. I have, creating content that you find useful. Yes. I mean, you just, yeah, you were just telling me that you just went out there, you had a problem, and I helped solve it. Yeah, you did. So I will give everybody – this is the reason why Antonio is coming back on the show right now and not, you know, another – 100 episodes down the line. I was so I'm getting ready for a conference. Um I don't I don't it's very very hot in the UK. I don't want to wear my jacket. I don't want to bring my big suitcase. And so uh you know I got to travel from London up to Edinburgh. And so I turn around and say to myself I'm going to bring a carry on. I'm only up there for a few nights. It's perfect. This will be great. But what am I going to do with my jacket? So I remember it was actually Pat had the same problem a little while ago. Pat Flynn, who's been on the show a couple times now, and um, I said to I said to 
Pat, you know, where did you where did you find out how to fold your jacket? I remember you mentioning something. It's oh, just go to YouTube. There's a whole bunch of videos on it. I'm like, okay, so I go to YouTube. So I literally go to YouTube and I type in how to fold jacket to you know put in a carry on or whatever it was. Words to that effect. And boom, my man Antonio and real man real style pop up with this video that lasted maybe no more than. I don't know, a minute and a half and got me set right there and then. I got to I got to Edinburgh. I took a six hour train journey from London to Edinburgh because I love traveling around the UK via train. Uh forget the aeroplanes, just take the train, it's the best way to go. And so six hours, <laughs> that jacket was perfectly folded in my carry-on, got to the venue, took it out, put it on, looked like it just come from the dry cleaners. So there you go. And I tweeted you and I said, I just watched this video. It's awesome. And then I tweeted you again, I think. And I said, we got to get you back on the show. And here you are. Yeah. And, and you know what's funny is probably one of my VAs that I hired through your service actually responded <laughs> yeah. to your tweet. That, I, should absolu- I, no, I should absolutely hope it's like that. I should hope it's yes. like that. Absolutely. I mean, Twitter actually, you know, it's funny. Twitter really is honestly the only social media platform where, except for obviously the automated tweets that go out on my profile for, you know, promoting archived content from the blog and the podcast and and my YouTube channel, except for that stuff, pretty much everything you see on Twitter is from me. It's the only social media platform where I really get involved um, in in a very reactive proactive manner whereas facebook and everything else is much more automated and it's a lot more managed by my team so there you go well i think all of us have a certain platform that we like to engage like for me i like to go in on the youtube comments occasionally so if you see something that it's a kind of a i throw i like to throw back on youtube my 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 vas you know they're not going to they're very they have rules and sense you know they're always going to treat people with respect they're always going to be nice and friendly helpful Mm -hmm. me if you say an insult or you try to have fun at my expense i'm going to throw right back at you (laughs) so i get in there and i'm just like saying things that people are like did i just really get you know wow did he come back and like just burn me and uh, so that's where I have some fun. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it has been something that, you know, I think we have been able to experience growth and been able to help solve problems like we did for you. Yeah. Because I was able to take a step back and not spend all of my time, you know, on social media or answering emails. Instead, I focused in on what I can do really well, which is create video. And that has been my main, you know, focus for the last couple of years since we've talked and our channel has grown substantially since. I think when we talked, we probably had, I don't know, a hundred thousand, maybe under a hundred thousand subscribers. And mm-hmm. now we're well past 1.4 million, which equates to well over a hundred million views, which equates in the business to being able to charge sponsorships for a single video for I can charge 10 to $15,000 for mm-hmm. eight, And we put out four a week. So you know, and, and these are great brands, great companies sending me free product. I mean, I'm in a uh, I'm an office and I've got like 10 leather bags that are each like over a thousand dollars. These companies just keep sending to me, like, please review this stuff. And I mean, it's, it's not a bad place to be. No, it's not a bad to be in any way. It's not a bad place to be in any way whatsoever. But I mean, you do, but you do so much more than just, um, you know, the fashion side of things you do. 
you do business stuff, you do grooming. I mean, you, everything and anything about being a great guy, I think. I mean, you know, you've become so much more, although you started out as more of the, the men's style side of things, it's it's really kind of um, ballooned and blossomed into something uh, a lot bigger and a lot more broader. Was that something that you intentionally went out to achieve or was it sort of just something where you thought oh well people, somebody wants me to do something on you know how to shave i'll do that or somebody wants me to do something on how to you know um look great in a t-shirt you know how to look more muscular or whatever the case may be i was like did this happen over time or was it quite intentional from your end i i would say it was somewhat intentional in the sense that i i definitely tried to pay attention to understanding that my audience wanted something particular from me. Uh, when I started off, we focused in on custom men's clothing, and that was pretty specific. We put out just articles and information. My first videos were focused in on that, and then we started getting into just more general style. So this is more casual style, talking about you know that type. Then we, you know, of course, got into grooming. It all kind of naturally fit. Mm -hmm. Then I started bringing in body language. We started talking about business communication because etiquette, mannerisms, your body language, all of this has to do with how you present. And what evolved from that is I started to realize that. What I got excited about wasn't the clothing. I'm not a dandy. I'm not a guy that just loves to wear suits for the sake of wearing suits. And there are many people out there that that's, that's, that's them. For me, it's about the man. It's about the individual and realizing that, you know, you've got all these guys out there that have spent a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars on their education, especially in the United States where it's expensive. Mm -hmm. They have, they, they have a message. They're really trying, they've, they've got 20 years of experience and if you look at this like a stool, they're missing a leg on that stool. And that leg is that they don't look the part. And they've been told by society that, honestly, that doesn't matter. What matters is what you're, what's in your heart. Well, people don't see what's in your heart. Hmm. What they see is the person they're presented with, sometimes for a matter of seconds, and you don't even get a chance to open your mouth. So my, my big arching goal has been able to enable men to use style as a weapon to get what they want out of life. I, I leverage my background in the military. I was in the United States Marine Corps and I realized, you know, we had no problem dressing up in the Marine Corps. I, most of the time our clothing was functional, but even in our dress uniforms, you know, there was something instant respect and authority that mm -hmm. was signaled through there. Mm -hmm. And I really, you know, there's, so we started going into, I, one person on my team, all he does is research and we brought in the research. I have hundreds of articles that are unique to our, I mean, we went and found this data. We bring it in so that guys can understand there's history, there's a science behind it. And that makes them much more comfortable then starting and practicing to actually use this so that they can they can sell more so that they can actually build better relationships mm -hmm. so that they can build up their nonprofit, whatever it may be. I like to think I'm the guy that's enabling them to shine like that diamond. And you know what? The, the, one of the things that you've done over the last few years, three, four years, I think was um, you've, you've held your own event, your own live event. So it's great to do what you've been doing online and obviously YouTube channel 1.4 million. Wow. I mean, you know, most of us could only dream of having a following like that on YouTube. But I mean, it's obviously been through a lot of hard work, a lot of consistency. But what I love about the live event um, kind of element here is it really does 
set you very clearly out in front of the pack as the leader in your industry. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we're doing the Youpreneur Summit in London later this year. It, it's it's all about being the game changer, being the leader, being seen as the big dog. Um, and you have clearly year on year now done so well with this live event. I'd love to know a little bit about why you kicked that off in the first place and how you've grown it, if you've grown it year on year. Can you give us a little bit of a, a background on that? I think a lot of people be really interested sure. in it. Sure. About five years ago, I realized that there was a competitor of mine in on YouTube. His name's Aaron Marino. He's actually got a bigger channel than me. And we had a little bit of animosity towards each other. And I reached out to him. I said, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I actually started talking with him. I found I got along better with him than almost anyone else. Because we commiserate, we could hang out. And I realized, you know, what if we were to combine forces, you know, and, and do some collaborations together? So we met up at VidCon and VidCon blew me away, not in the sense of, you know, what the information that was presented, but the way that the audience and the fans just went crazy for these people who they were following on YouTube. And we started, we were like, you know, what if we did, let's do a quick little meetup here. So we both emailed our lists and said, hey, we're going to be at this bar in Anaheim. Come meet, meet up with us. And we had people on a week's notice, I mean, fly in from Canada just to meet us up at a bar. <laughs> and we're in California. I was just like, there's, that's pretty powerful. When you've got people flying into the country just to hang out with you at a bar for two hours. And we realized well, it was, we had about 70 people show up to this event and a lot of the people that showed up and the, the people I really continue to stay in contact with and now are business partners with are other creators because it would it not only like the super fans are great, but I realized we had all these creators come in who were lonely, who simply wanted to be around people that they can, they can connect with. We also had brands come in that say, Hey, I mean, we didn't pay for anything in that bar because we had a couple brands vol you know, of course they wanted to get mentioned, but they're like, Hey, we'll give you guys a couple grand. Uh, just mentioned that this is brought to you by this company. Right. And I was like, sure, that's not a problem. So I realized I could have a party and it could be paid for by others. And I could build deeper relationships with, the people that I like to hang out with. So that guy, Aaron Marino is now my business partner and we had it in Atlanta, which is his hometown. He liked to keep it close. He doesn't like to travel too much. And the first year we had about 150 people. Second year we had 250 people. This last year we had 350. And now in February of 2018, we're shooting for 450 and we're probably going to cap it at about that. I feel that, uh, once conferences get beyond a certain size, it becomes a little bit unmanageable. Mm -hmm. I've been in enough conferences which aren't that great. And, and this isn't really a conference. It's a party. It's paid for. I get to bring in all of my friends, get them up on stage. They get to you know present to an audience. And I find that one-third of our audience are content creators actually. One-third are going to be brands and sponsors. And then one-third are, are super fans. Right. And that's, uh, that's kind of where it's evolved. But exactly like you said – there's one thing to be an online leader. There's another thing to be an in-person leader mm -hmm. and to be able to spend time with people that have been following your content for five years, have been actually, you know, can share with you these stories that, you know, I never would have guessed. And really it's, uh, it's just, yeah, I really love having my own live event. I mean, for me, I mean, I've been running live events, you know, within, our world, the online business world, since two, very late 2010, I did my first ever 
uh, kind of mastermind meetup, right? Um, and it's kind of just progressed from there. Obviously, we did Tropical Think Tank here in the Philippines four years in a row. Very high-end event, you know, multi-multi, you know, thousands of dollars per ticket. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I, 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 there was just something calling me to do something back home in England. There was something calling me to do something bigger, trying to have more impact, but still create an environment that was intimate enough to be able to get people to get to know each other properly and all the rest of it. And I agree with you 100%, man. I think a conference becomes more than just an event once it hits like the 500 mark. Um, it, it, it becomes out of control. It becomes something that you... you you physically have issues with every year, and I don't want, like you say, you want it, you want to do it to have fun, right? So it, exactly, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so I mean, do you sort of see? So I'm curious to know. I mean, like with all this growth that you've had in the last few years, um, where do you sort of see the next step for you as a personal brand? The next step for real men, real style. I mean. I mean, dude, I mean, I, 1.4 million subscribers on YouTube. I'm kind of blown away with that. <laughs> I've got to be honest. I really have to be honest. It, it, it's it's huge compared to where you were just a few short years ago. And you're a testament to the fact that with consistency of hard work, great things going to happen. But what's next? I mean, like, do you – what's the big picture here? You know, the five-year plan, the 10-year plan? I, I think – where I found myself the last year is taking a step back and not letting just because we've had the success go to, you know, to form up an ego or any, I'm really trying to get back to, can I step up my quality level and Mm -hmm. being honest with myself? If I want to be the next, I mean, if I want to replace Esquire or GQ, you know, I get look, is you know, I look through their on. I mean, they've got more. So, so is this a goal? Is this a goal to replace Esquire or GQ? Do you think? I, I, I really feel that a lot of those ones have kind of lost their way. They used right. to be about actually being useful and helping men be better men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I would say that that is probably one of our big, hairy, audacious goals. Is mm-hmm. I look at those. I mean, they they try to sell everybody on a on a five thousand dollar suit that's a designer suit, not even sure. custom made. And I'm not right. saying that that's wrong or anything but you you can't forget that most people like they don't pay attention to the people that are trying to use this as a tool uh i think there's a time and place and definitely you know there's a market you you've been to london you've been on you know saville row there's amazing artisans and craftsmen that deserve uh everything they get for what they build out Mm -hmm. but i just feel that for most people fashion if you were to say that they look at it as something that doesn't even matter or apply. But this is the same artisan that if he were to build a fence or if he were to you know, go in and work on his garden, he would care about the style and the layout and the overall look and aesthetics of it. But they don't translate that because they've it's kind of removed itself. So I look at myself as coming in and making that style and fashionable, uh, making, it, making it functional, making it applicable to, to a broader audience. Um, and you know, I have nothing against Esquire, GQ, these other ones out there, but I do feel that they've, in a sense, lost their way from where they were, let's say, in the 1930s and mm-hmm. 1940s. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but yeah, I would say taking that step back and examining everything I'm doing and saying, can I take it to the next level? I actually found that we had a huge growth in our YouTube channel, a period of six months, 
we grant, we gained uh, well over half a million subscribers, almost, I think it was well over 600,000 subscribers in six months because I took a step back and I said, you know, what am I doing that I just, you know, yeah, we had a good growth rate, a thousand subscribers a day, but how can I get to 2,000 or 4,000 or 5,000 a day? Mm -hmm. And so we started putting out videos that that were actually hitting on all cylinders and went went viral. Uh, and then all of a sudden, one day I got 33,000 subscribers. And, and it's like, because I took that step back and I I was harsh, you know, hard enough with myself to say, you know, I need to step up my game. I I always loved in my intros talking quite a bit. I like to, I guess I like the sound of my voice and I'll talk all day if you let me. <laughs> but I realized I was having this huge drop off at the beginning of my videos. And my audience had probably been telling me for years, Antonio, Get to the friggin' point. Right. Antonio, stop talking so much. And I'm like, ah, they they don't know because I'm trying to give them the goods. I'm trying to deliver <laughs> yeah. great. And finally, I had a consultant come in, and he examined my analytics. His name's Tim Schmore. And Tim looked at – he's like, you know, Antonio, in the first minute, look at this drop-off. You know, if you got – this one video you did, you've got to the point really fast. Look, you kept like 30% more of your audience. And I realized it wasn't about me. It was about how can I wake up and – help and affect more people. Kind of like what you were talking with your conferences. And I think, so that's kind of where I'm focused right now is how can I get out of my own way and, and how can I help more people and deliver a better product, whether that be written articles. So we're looking to increase the quality of what we're putting out there uh, because we've just reached traffic numbers that now enable us to, to make the money to reinvest into a better quality product. Sure, sure. Now, the one thing I will say is I, I look at what you've done on your website, realmanrealstyle.com, and, you know, except for obviously the addition of, you know, additional products and a little uh, advertising here and there and things like that. To me, it doesn't seem like that website has changed all that much over the last few years. Is that something that's been quite deliberate or has it been something you've been wanting to do and just not gotten around to it? Because as everything else has kind of grown and developed, not that it's a bad-looking site or anything, it just seems to me like it, it, it hasn't necessarily been a focus, which is strange because obviously it's an important part of your entire ecosystem so to speak or is it because you've just been focused on on the youtube side of things yeah i'd say we've been more focused on youtube but i know i mean the website is is dated it's ugly and i think when it comes down to it, i look at the return on investment of mm -hmm. what i need to get from things i focused first on traffic and i figured and my philosophy has always been deliver great amazing content and people will forgive if it doesn't look great, if you look at my first 200 videos, it's me with a black screen just talking directly to the camera for sometimes 12 to 15 minutes. But people stuck around and they enjoyed my content because it was like, well, wait a minute. This guy's delivering the goods. He's not, you know, he's, he's not talking about how he's going to deliver the goods for 15 minutes and never does. He actually just gets right into it and, you know, go, go really delivers great value. Right. So now it's like we've we've been delivering value. And now I realize one of the things I think holding us back is that the aesthetic is something that we need to take to the next level. Mm, mm. And obviously now you're at the point where 
because you personally, as the CEO of this thing, as the big boss of this thing, you're no longer being trapped inside working on every single tiny little thing. You've obviously, you're making great money so that you can go, you know, you're in a position right now where you can pull yourself away from other things for a, for a month or two and dive into this and work with great designers and great developers and, and pay them to do something incredible that will take you through the next five years quite easily. Yes, I, I would agree there, but it is still something that, uh, you know, and that's, again, getting into the mindset is sometimes you feel like you're running a, you know, when you've got a, you know, a million dollar company, you sometimes still feel like you're that same guy that was running a, <laughs> a 100,000 or a $10,000 right. company. Right. And, and so you, you find that, okay, why am I not spending the extra money to make this happen? Uh, now, with that comes, you know, greater risk. Sometimes you can just because you pay someone quite a bit of money doesn't mean they're going to deliver the goods. Um, That's true. But I never would have thought that, you know, I would have the budget. Yeah, just to be able to, you know, hire hire a company to be able to come in and redesign the site. But uh, yeah, yeah, those are the I guess the good problems to have. Oh, and no, they're always very good problems. Absolutely. So, so break it down a little bit then. As this has grown over time, you know, we talk we talk about three main parts of building what we call the you know the youpreneur ecosystem right so you know it's a combination of you know your content it's maybe a book it's speaking it's a podcast it's um products it's live events it's coaching it's all these sort of type of things within the ecosystem break down exactly i I don't need to know dollar amounts but break down exactly how you've been able to not only build and then market but now monetize the work that you've done over the last three, four years. I'd, I'd love to see where your psyche is in regards to getting it to that million dollar business level. Sure. Sure. Initially we focused in on products and being able to sell our own products. There wasn't really right. anything out there I was impressed with. So I've created multiple products, uh, a man's guide to style. We had a 30 day style challenge. We had uh, the personal image blueprint. Uh, previously I had a course called the style system and these would sell anywhere from 47 or actually going as low as 27 to 997. I'm actually about to go through a revamp because those have been, you know, pr- pretty steady you know, but but they were, you know, they never got past 20, especially now that we've got a new, much larger revenue stream, which has been advertising. Uh, but they kind of stalled out the last couple of years, partly because I didn't give them focus and I didn't promote them as much. Mm-hmm. But they were very nice passive income streams. Um, you know, it was something that, you know, let's just we'll take straight a million dollar business. They were about 25 to 30 percent of revenue. But what happened a few years back, uh, three years is I had a revelation. I had, I never did any type of advertising. And then a friend of mine who's now a business partner, Aaron Marino, he's like, you know, you should charge, you know, for the advertising. I do it all the time and it just makes things a lot easier. I resisted until I had um, one company that it took me like a year to get the review done. And I just had other things going on. It wasn't paying me any money. Yeah, they sent me some nice shoes. But I went back to him after that because as soon as I put out that review and it created all the sales, they they punished me by sending me another pair. And they're like, hey, man, like, here you go. Like, let's do another one. They punished me. Like, I love it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I don't want it. I mean, I'm like, sorry, guys. Like, I sent them an invoice via PayPal. I'm like, this is going to be 3000 bucks. Like, I did not expect them to pay it. Within an hour, it was paid. And all of a sudden, the light bulb flips on. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, I guess I could do this quite a bit more often because it just made sense. 
and start stop doing that for free, which is funny because you know I'm selling courses, and I find for me that it always has to be that that slap in the face. I'm very hard headed, and so we started uh, basically selling um, advertising. You know, working with I liked working with individual larger sponsorships. Mm-hmm. I just found that that was better. And now we've moved to where you know sponsorships are now ten to fifteen thousand. I was able to do that. Because what I realized is I'm getting every single day all these people contact me, wanting me to promote them and their company. Uh, so we start, we created the media company, me and uh, Aaron. We actually call it now Menfluential Media. We partnered with a, Love it. Uh, two gentlemen named Terry and Brian uh, Edelman, two brothers that Aaron had known for years. And me and Aaron just feed them all of our leads. And what they do is they get on the phone. And it's amazing because they can turn a company that's looking to only spend 2000 into spending 20000 or, you know, they get on the phone and build a relationship with Dollar Shave Club or with larger companies that have been acquired and have literally, I mean, big, big marketing budgets. And we, we we're already booked out for Christmas, uh, which is which was actually done like five months ago. So it's like cool to see all of a sudden your content has sponsorship mm-hmm. and especially when it ties directly to what you're talking about. Now, there are balances of where, you know, does your audience trust that? And so I work very hard to maintain that level. But that sponsorship grew from grew from almost nothing to, you know, well over half a million dollars. And so you have all these good sponsorships coming in. And now it's allowed me to take a step back. I mean, we also have affiliate income. So that's always been something I do. I was about to say, I mean, surely you must do a certain amount of affiliate income every month, right? Yes. And I do feel that affiliates, though, have changed over the last five to seven years. I think they've become a lot less trustworthy and profitable, mm-hmm. particularly because of affiliate skimmers, which are basically going to be coupon sites that, you know, right. if, if they can basically, you'll put out and you'll have a deal. Uh, and then they'll do a search because let's say uh, you've got an affiliate link, but there's no discount. The company doesn't do discounts. But some of these affiliate sites will actually, or these uh, affiliate skimmers will make fake discounts that don't even exist just to get the traffic there. And then because that was the last click, they get they get the sale, you get nothing. And I've seen one guy, he was getting uh, from one affiliate probably like close to 100000 a month, and he went down to 5000 a month. And so you can see that was a pretty big right, drop for him. Right, oh yeah. And, uh, and basically the affiliate's like, well, you know, they didn't know what to do. And an affiliate, another thing with that is once you become pretty big with it, I do find that it's, there's not advantageous for the the company after a while. They're like, well, why, you know, we're giving away too much and they try to negotiate down lower and there's all these things to go with it. So I do feel for some type, for some it works. And like Ramit Sethi is a great affiliate for us. I love his programs. I love his courses. I've been through them myself and I don't sell business education. But mm. what I find are many men want this who come to my site. And so I can just refer them directly to Ramit and it's got a, you know, a nice sizable commission. Sure. And that, so things like that actually. Not, and not, not only that, but Ramit, I mean, you know, I often say this, I'm like, this guy knows his business. <laughs> you know, he knows his yeah. job, you know what I mean? And there's something about Ramit as well. And I also, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not overly interested in wanting to come out with a ton of different programs. That being said, I do have plans probably in the next 12 to 18 months to come out with maybe two or three small courses that can serve people at certain areas of their growth uh, that I can put into my autoresponder. You know, people have been asking for it, and I, and I don't have them right now, but I want to keep things bite-sizable. But what Ramit does is that he puts together the big, chunky, really 
in-depth courses that I have no intention or desire to do, but they're so good and they get people results, and he's such a good sales guy. His funnels are so strong that from an affiliate perspective, it's a great deal to be involved with him. You're absolutely right. But I think, again, I think what works probably well for you, just like it works well for me, is that because we don't have competing products, that's the reason why it probably converts as well as it does, wouldn't you say? Yeah. 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 I can with full. I mean, I can just put it over there. There's no competition. I put my name behind it. And of course you package, you know, like, Hey, if you buy his course, which, you know, we sell like a 2000, $12,000 courses, I'll give you my course for free. So you can even encourage people to, you know, to send you their receipt. That way you get paid the commission. Uh, but that one has worked out because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I, I find that sometimes you're just, you know, my job as the founder and the CEO of the company is to, spend more than half of my time not you know just taking a step back and looking at where can we where what are we not doing that we could be doing and making and monetizing and that's it's a hard question because it forces you to like look at like where you could have been making a big mistake one thing that you may if you look at our site now we have ads on our site Mm-hmm. I didn't put ads on my site for the longest time. Um, Amazon, and we we make a nice, you know, uh, you know, actually probably yearly we make over six figures from Amazon, um, and that that was always a nice little affiliate. But I resisted the Amazon ads. Finally, put the Amazon ads on there, and they were ugly. I was just I can't stand <laughs> this stuff. And, and right. it was it wasn't making us that much more. But what that did is it brought up well, what other ad networks and you know would they be interested? Because our website now gets like you know fifty to seventy thousand a day uh, just on that little website real men real style our youtube channel gets about 300 200 to 300,000 a day but that's a different monetization path mm-hmm. with youtube um but uh what i realized is we were big enough that i could actually go strike a deal with an ad network and i mean so i just did that like a couple months ago and over the next year that should add almost 200,000 to my bottom line yeah. and i'm kicking myself because like i they were like, man, we wish we would have found you a year ago. And I'm like, yeah, I would have, I wish too, because I right. wasn't, I wasn't doing my CEO job. I lost almost $200,000. Yeah. Um, and that's when you realize it's like, yeah, I've got to take and pull myself out of the company and, and do what my job is, which to look at the, is to look at the big picture. Yeah, no, it is. And I mean, you have certainly done that. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we'll always beat ourselves up. That's just, you know, that's what we do when we realize that we've left money on the table like that. But I mean, I can say that um, it, it's a stark difference from a business perspective, where you were when we last, you know, we last had you on the on the on the show and we talked properly about this stuff to where you are now. Dude, it's, it's a completely different ball game now. But I will say one thing that has been a striking constant since the day i met you probably i'm gonna say five years ago maybe six years ago now it's been a while um but i will say since the day i i first met you at that event i think we were in la or vegas i think yeah we Um, were in vegas at new media expo you were wearing a leather jacket i was wearing a leather jacket and you came up to me and said uh you got the rebel thing going on there and uh you've never let me forget (laughs) never let me forget And but the constant has always been you. The constant has always been you being your highly respectful, educated, charming self. And uh, I think that that's a 
that's a contagious element of the real men real style brands uh it helps you differentiate yourself in a pretty crowded noisy niche um and i just wanted to give you sort of a virtual high five on that because you haven't changed you're still the same guy that i met all those years ago wearing my leather jacket and uh i wanted to give you that virtual high five i think you deserve well, it thank after you. everything that's happened I, you know? I appreciate it. And I think, uh, you know, to lose yourself as you start to mm-hmm. grow and I mean, there's definitely moments, but you want to constantly, you know, put yourself in check and realize, I mean, I get excited about our YouTube growth until I compare myself to a high school girl talking about makeup and I'm like, wow, I've got 1.4 million. She's got 7 million and she started six months ago. <laughs> I'm wow. like, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's, but it's still, you know, it's great that you, once you find a platform, you find what's easy. I think a good friend of ours in common, John uh, Dumas, mm-hmm. I, uh, I ran a program with him for a while called High Speed Low Drag, uh, where we helped military veterans uh, to transition out. We were, we were both in Iraq at about the same time back in 2003. And we've always felt like, you know, a pool to, to work with veterans and, and give back to them. But he said something. He was like, you know, find what is light for you and run with it. Because people who always ask whenever they were talking with both of us, like, oh, should I do a podcast or a video? And it really depends. You know, find what what's easy for you and then run with it. Because I do – the hardest thing is, you know, scaling – for me with scaling myself is to maintain that – that that true feeling of people are engaging with Antonio, that they they're getting who I am, feeling that through the content. So my my path for that has always been I the lightest thing for me is video. So I will record a video. But within that and within that process, uh, I, and I think Jay Bear has talked about this, creating like 10 pieces of content from a single video. So before I film a video. I actually do my podcast, which podcast for me isn't as, as high a value as for a lot of people. But I use that as my prep to get okay. ready for my video. Love it. Okay. And then from that video, I then pass it on and we have show notes created. We have a transcript created. We have an article created. So three more pieces of content. I can then take that video depending on what type it is. And we can actually create not just one video from it, but if it's like how to tie a necktie. Well, we've got 18 videos on how to tie a necktie. But what's cool about that – is that I can cut them into like the top 10 neckties that every guy needs to know, the five necktie knots that signal power. Now, I'm using the same video footage, but I'm recombining it into different new pieces of content that somebody would want to watch. Like, it's funny when you said that you were how you were, you know, about folding pocket squares. I'm like, hey, we've already got three to four pocket square videos out there. <laughs> right. And we're going to put out about nine of them. And then we'll be able to recombine those into more content. And so from that video, we also then, um, you know, we'll go through, we, we, we create actually Instagram videos, which so we condense that video down to under a minute. Mm. Then we will take screenshots, uh, and from, we create infographics, uh, from the videos and from the written content, which of course, you know, it's like, so you find that kind of going with, with Pat's be everywhere. Like I try to, I'd be really good in one place and I stay there, but then I let my team allow me to be everywhere by taking like I, I'm always myself in that video and then all this other content is kind of a shadow of me now, a pretty accurate shadow, but I didn't create it. Sure. I didn't, you know, in some, in some cases I don't even see, I don't even look at it, uh, which is <laughs> kind of bad, but I never watch my own videos. I, I just, 
find it weird looking at myself, uh, but I trust my team enough that they can they can handle it. Sure. Well, I, and that you know that's testament to a leader, somebody who knows what they're doing. The processes are in place. Go ahead and hit the you know the the the, the mouse and and send the raw file up in the Dropbox and then not bother thinking about it again. And that's you know yeah. that's it's not it's not something that you can get to overnight it's not something that comes to you you know in a in a dream and you wake up and everything's perfect you do need to work at it you do need to possibly go through a few stumbling blocks to get there but you're clearly there as are you know a lot of the other guests on on the show and as are actually a lot of our listeners now as well because i hear from them every week i hear what they're up to i can see what they're up to many of them and clearly you guys are getting your crap together so you know that that's that's what it's all about at the end of the day is 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 getting that inspiration seeing what's working what's not working and then going ahead and taking it up to the next level taking action really at yeah. the end of the day more than anything else and dude you have taken a lot of action the last few years <laughs> well one thing i'll stress you know for you and your community is always be investing in yourself um and you have to it gets more and more expensive not just with money but it also for time because your time becomes more valuable and I've got four young kids and that always kind of sets the bar for me is like, am I, what I'm, am what I doing in this business? Is it worth the time I'm not spending with my kids? Um, and I do try to set up everything so that I, I'm just being very careful and measured because it's so easy as you know, to end up spending a lot of time and engaging with, you know, too much on social media and realize that's not going to, uh, it's not going to monetize. No, of course, of course. You're absolutely right. Dude, we could go in so many different directions with this. I'm mindful of your time and the time of the listeners as well. But um, it's been great to have you back on the show. Uh, let's let's try not to wait, you know, 190 episodes. Well, we won't <laughs> because I'm going to see you. I'm going to see you in November. Yes, you are. You're going to be coming to the, to the summit. I know you are. I'm, I'm pumped. You bring the whole family to London. and uh, I am. I am. We're going there for fun. three weeks. And, you know, that's, that's my, that's part of my why is we were able to take six months earlier, like throughout the winter and travel, uh, we spent three months in Ukraine, a month in Thailand, uh, spent, saw 22 U S states and I've got, we homeschool my kids now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So me and my wife stay busy with that. And that's my main focus. So when you guys are looking for, you know, what's going to get you up early, what's going to drive you. Think about like what you want to get out of life. And by the way, you know, our time in Ukraine, it's not like we're doing this because we want to be like sipping, you know, drinks on the beach, although we did do that a little bit in Thailand. But it's really it's about spending time with family. Uh, my wife's parents are just aging and they needed help. Sure. And, and and I think being able to live life on your own terms is uh, is something that is going to force you to continue to, to get up and to to make the, take the action that you need to to get to where you want to be. I love it. No, it's exactly the same way I look at the way I build out my businesses, as you well know, and uh, it's something that I'll, uh, I'll I'll never shift focus on. It'll always be what it is. Um, dude, thanks for coming on the show again. Sincerely, it was so good to catch up with you. It's so great to see what's been working for you and where you are, uh, you know, in terms of monetization focuses and things like that. I think massive amounts of takeaways here, but the the overall factor being just take the action. Get up in the morning and do the work and do it consistently and, and you know, eventually you'll start hitting the ground running every day. Plain and simple. Chris, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. 
It was awesome. Thanks for coming back. For you guys, you want to know a little bit more about Antonio, uh, particularly the gentleman in the audience, if you want to know how to fold a jacket or a pocket square or how to, and I'm looking at the, the homepage right now, how to not dress like a boy when you're a grown-ass man and a few other bits and pieces, you can head over to realmenrealstyle.com and uh, obviously search for that over on YouTube as well. We'll put links to all of that over on the show notes chrisducker.com forward slash episode 233. I'll be back at you again next week with a solo show. Oh, it's a good one. You're going to like it. Until then, take good care and go be stylish. See you soon. It's the idea of an entrepreneurial community where you get to learn from the best in the business, as well as rub shoulders, gain support, have access to immediate feedback, as well as nonstop accountability from your peers is something that excites you. Then visit youpreneur.com for more information and to get started on building a business you can truly be proud of today. That's youpreneur.com. We'll see you on the inside.